0: In this episode, we have
1: Nancy, and she talks about sustainable fashion and homelessness. Hopefully relatable.
0: Hopefully not boring. You're, You're listening, listening to, to the Relatable Board Podcast.
1: Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Relatable Board, episode 31. Um, today we have a special guest, Nancy, and just like our guest beforehand, Trish, she also worked at Superdry with us. And yeah, let's get it started, Nancy. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Hi, so my name is Nancy, um, as Ira said, I worked with Derek and Era in Superdry for a while, I think um, maybe like two, two, a year ago, I don't know, I can't you really remember. remember. I think, I think it's a remember. year and a bit because I, I came in. We came in at the
1: same time. Yeah, pretty much yeah. the same time, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so Nancy, what are you doing now that you're not at uh, Superdry?
2: So I work in like operations, admin, and accounting firm now. So a different, a big step from superdry, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's amazing because you're you're pretty young, right, Nancy? Like,
2: yeah, I am. And you're um, still, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm still in uni and stuff. So
0: yeah, that's crazy. So that's that's well done. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, um, what was the transition like?
2: Um, yeah. So I guess it was. Kind of different from Superdry in terms of like you're always talking to customers and dealing with um, (laughs) all the mishaps with the customers. I'm sure (laughs) you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, um, But going from that and then basically sitting behind a desktop every day, um, working on answering emails or um, doing, I guess, different admin stuff. there was a very big transition, but also very rewarding in the end because I I just felt like it was more a step towards my degree and, like, what I want to do eventually. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. And what what did you want to do eventually or what do you plan to do eventually when you say that?
2: Oh, (laughs) it's it's very confusing right now for me because I guess with my degree that I'm doing right now, There's endless of options that you can get into. Um, But I don't know if I want to stick to that corporate life forever or try something new and stuff. And, like, even if I do stick to this corporate life, like what type of role I want to get into. Um, But, yeah, it's still a learning process or thinking process or something. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for Um, sure. But I know... Um, you know when we were hanging out more often, I would hear you speak about what you truly enjoyed, which is you know the fashion world,
2: yeah, and um, that stuff um I guess, as a kid or even growing through like primary and high school, I always wanted to like get into that fashion industry. um I bet like a lot of girls wanted to do that too, um break into that mold of like um becoming a designer or a stylist um, or, like, making or working for brands that you love and stuff. So, I mean, yeah. it's still definitely a dream, but, like, in order to achieve that, I just feel like it's very difficult right now since it's so competitive within the fashion industry. Yeah. It's all about networking at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, it's kind of who you know yeah exactly yeah it's all it's all about the clout um anyways yeah so I don't understand where where did you you know grow that passion because I understand your mum what she was she is or was how do you call it a seamstress is that
2: yeah yeah yeah. she was a seamstress um so she started off like I guess sewing for like Australian brands, um, like Wayne Cooper and stuff. They're pretty old right now. Um, And then I I would always enjoy looking at like what she was able to make and stuff. Mm. Um, But I think I looked more towards the styling component or like the designing component and stuff. Um, I really wish that she taught me how to sew and everything, but I guess there was that stigma of like, she wanted me to do better, so like she didn't want me to do the same role that she's doing um, as a job. And I guess like from that, she didn't really teach me how to sew, which yeah. I really like. I wish that wasn't a stigma. I wish like it was more so. I don't know, like a skill she thought she could teach me.
1: Yeah, I I feel. I mean, I have no clue about the fact. but I I feel like it would be a really cool skill to have because I see all these amazing, you know, fashion garments and I can't, I mean, obviously it's not about the money. It's more about the passion that you pour into it, but I can imagine how much you would be getting paid to make amazing sort of pieces for, I guess, famous people, or even if you get to that level for models and all those crazy up there brands and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, that's uh, actually an issue right now with, <laughs> with people actually not getting paid enough or paid right um, when they're making these clothes and everything. So I've kind of had firsthand experience in terms of, um, I guess, my mum working super long hours and... Um, trying to like get all the dresses or whatever she was making, um like like make it um and like putting all the long hours in and trying to get all the orders completed, but I just feel like she didn't really see that much of a return. So Yeah. So why um, what
1: was the reason for that? Why is that an issue?
2: Um well like she's trying to I guess like provide for her family and at the end of the day she can't really provide even though she's putting all these long hours into making um garments and everything I'm not I don't know how much she was paid but I'm pretty sure she was underpaid for but
1: what what is the main reason why she would be getting underpaid do they do they believe they I don't know it doesn't Shouldn't be costing as much as you know what your mum would determine, or
2: um, I think it just comes from yes this like the fashion brand in general, or um consumers that buy the fashion pieces and everything. It just comes down to how much we spend on a garment. and um, I guess like that fast fashion perspective that everyone kind of well what the world or society currently has in terms of like making quick and fast garments um underpaying workers and then getting like um items that you can buy for like like ridiculous amount like you could buy um a pair of shorts for like two dollars or something or like yeah like just something really crazy wow
1: yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, companies such as Cotton On or Supre or all that Valley Girl stuff. Yeah. Is that, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely. yeah so what would I... be the difference? Sorry, Derek. What oh, would yeah. be the difference between um, fast fashion and sustainable fashion?
2: Yes. With fast fashion. Um, so like the brands that you've spoke about, they just create garments and, um, Without having a control of like how much the the quantity that they're making, um, where the materials are sourced, um, how much they're paying their workers, and I guess the um, the safety regulations and um, the health regulations under working with the fabrics, um, working in those types of environments, and everything. And when it comes to sustainable fashion, that more looks into like having that slow fashion um, outlook. So I'm focusing on like timeless fashion and um, quality over quantity. So having fewer items that can last you for a while rather than buying like garments that are like tacky fabrics um, that you could only get one or two use out of them. And with sustainable fashion, it really focuses on like ethical fashion, so more of like social aspects, um, animal protection, ethical treatment of the workers, um, and where the garment is essentially produced. Yeah, yeah,
1: wow, that's amazing, yeah, because I um, the first thing you look up find when you look up fast fashion statistics here, I'm just going to read off um, the website. It says more than sixty million people work in the garment industry to feel fast fashion. More than fifteen million of those are based in Asia and more than eighty percent are women, often young and from poor rural backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. And it's so a pretty shocking statistic.
2: We're essentially exploiting all of them and yeah. like the codes that I guess I'm I'm sure I fell victim to this. Um and I'm sure both of you have, but like Essentially, some of the clothes that we're wearing, they made them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. I, I kind of felt a bit guilty of that as well because I remember watching a documentary on Netflix where they, they show the process of, like, the third world country producing it and then mm-hmm. we buy it. And then because it's fast fashion, we buy for a low price and we take advantage of their labor and then we use it for, like, one month and then there's, like, a new fashion trend. You know, like, we see a new fashion trend every week. Like, there's, yeah. there's like, a new item. And then what, what, what ends up happening is we throw it away, and then we either donate it, but even when we donate it, apparently there's just too many clothes that they can't handle, they can't give it all away. So then it goes back to the landfill, or, and they burn it, or it goes back to the third world country originally, and they try to sell it like, back to the person that produced it, but you know, there's still too many. So in the end, they just burn it, and then it just goes on fire. And I think that's like one of the, the main like, uh, issues. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty um messed up. But what about with sustainable fashion when you mentioned it? What is like the downside? Is the downside like would people actually go for sustainable fashion or would they just pay the cheaper price, you know?
2: So currently that's I feel like that's a bigger problem. Like I think in our society now we all are aware of fast fashion and like we want to be more sustainable. But from my own experiences, I've always heard about sustainability and um like looking more into becoming like purchasing fashion pieces that are sustainable but I just never thought I could afford it I feel like would you both also agree with that
0: yeah it seems more expensive right like it seems like you can buy something for like you can buy like a nine dollar t-shirt or would you buy like a sustainable t-shirt which I'm assuming is going to be like like, I don't know, five, ten times more money, right? Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be yeah. honest, it depends on, like, your budget. Um, I probably wouldn't do it, to be honest. Yeah. Which is bad. I know, like, I'm probably part of the problem. But I th- yeah. that is one of the issues, right, Nancy?
2: Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like it could potentially be something that we could tackle. Like, I don't think sustainable fashion needs to be that expensive. I think if um brands looked at their business goals or their business values and be like, right, we want to create sustainable fashion pieces, but how are we going to get consumers to, I guess, steer towards that rather than what you said, Derek, like purchasing a $9 T-shirt. Like how can we get them um, to look towards sustainable efforts? And I think it just comes down to their business goals and their business plan. Like I don't think sustainable fashion needs to be that expensive
1: yeah Yeah. do you think um you know consumers out there trying to keep up with the latest fashion trends plays a part in it because you know fast fashion you can see something on the runway or something a celebrity wears and then maybe a week or so later you have that same sort of clothing accessible for anyone you know trying to ball on a budget sort of thing 100% um and
2: I think like social media plays a big part in this in terms of what we see, like you said, celebrities, models, um, where, and even like a trend that a really high fashion brand places out, the next day you can see on some sort of like dupe or something um, that like a fashion brand in Asia created, and people just would go for that and they'll just buy off that. Um, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, that's so true. What do you think about um Emma Watson? Isn't she like a celebrity that's trying to promote sustainable fashion? Have you heard about this?
2: Um, honestly, no. I um, think I've heard more about her putting like really into books and stuff.
0: Oh, okay, right, right, right. Because there are some celebrities, like <laughs> you guys mentioned, like it's all about marketing and then if you have like a proper celebrity who who endorses this movement of ethical fashion, then like people will follow that. That's yeah. like one way they can do it, right? And like yeah. What about making laws? Do you think that's like a good idea? Do you think that's possible? Like laws where the government would say we have to be ethically sustainable or or like you know raising the minimum wage for people um, creating the clothes, and that way the prices of like basic goods would be higher like at- instead of a nine dollar basic t-shirt, it would be like it' would be forced to twelve dollars, and then like the price kind of evens out if that makes sense
2: mm, I feel like. Laws is very hard, like it's very hard to like start off with, okay, let's regulate this, let's put, let's place like laws in place in like a certain country because I feel like at the end of the day within the fashion industry it's such a global movement. Like you have suppliers um, from one country and then you have distributors from another country and then you have like the head office in um, another country too. So if you do want to put like regulations and laws, like, all these countries would need them in place. Yeah. Um, but as you said, like, I feel like there is some sort of awareness around it in terms of, like, the the UN, um, like, raising awareness or um, shining a light on this issue. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm pretty sure um, Emma Watson is a UN ambassador. That's why I mentioned it. But, yeah. Right. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. She is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know
2: which clothing brands practice sustainable fashion? Um, are there any out there? So yeah, there's definitely a lot of them out there. But I guess like for you, people that don't really look into it or like are kind of aware of sustainable fashion but don't really read um, a brand's business plan. So I've never really done that until quite recently. Um, but I'll be finding, like, brands that I didn't know were sustainable. Um, even, like, there are some sort of, like, Australian brands that are sustainable in terms of um, Manning Cartel, um, Kix. Um, <laughs> there's quite a few. <laughs> I can't really yeah. the we're, we're
0: putting you on the spot here, Nance. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> Um, but I do definitely see that there is a – there's more sustainable fashion brands within America and, like, in the in the UK but not here as much. And I feel like there's that um, fashion sense attached to being sustainable fashion. Like, you're either, like, a boho, hippie type of, like, fashion sense <laughs> or – like the Byron Bay look or um like that like older generation look
1: yeah that older generation look I love it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for yourself personally do you feel like I don't know when it comes to how you dress do you try to keep up with the latest trends or and if you if you do like how do you shop according to you know all your knowledge on fast and sustainable fashion how do you make that conscious effort to not, I guess, be fueling that fast fashion industry?
2: Yeah. So I only got into sustainable fashion like it's always been a topic or like something that I was aware of at the back of my mind um, for a long time. But only quite recently I actually like researched more into it and really understood what it kind of was. Um, and then I came across this. Um, Movement. Oh, not really movement, but, like, this thing that people kind of did, which is, like, capsule wardrobes. Have you guys heard of that?
0: Nope, I have not. What's that?
2: So um it is basically you kind of create um, a wardrobe or, like, look at what you have in your wardrobe right now and find pieces that you constantly wear. So it could be that one T-shirt that you constantly wear or that one jacket that you constantly wear and you minimise your wardrobe to those pieces. Yes. Yeah. So you could have, like, um, like an arbitrary number, just, like, ten pieces that um, you just stick to. So minimising the amount of clothing you use are also making them, like, a timeless piece. So in a way you don't follow the fashion trend, but they are still trendful in a way. I don't know.
1: Yeah, they still look good. Like, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg would be the prime example. You know, just that t-shirt and jeans.
2: Yeah, oh, right. yeah. the blue one. The blue
0: one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Iconic. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like minimalism, right? In a way. Yeah, just, in a
2: way, minimalism. Yeah,
0: you mentioned it. Yeah, what what are your views on minimalist people in general?
2: I guess, like for me, who really likes fashion, I I can't really see myself being that. Like, it's it's also such a internal fight to like you kind of want to follow those trends um you want your personality shine through what type of clothing you are wearing but at the same time you also need to be cautious of um your sustainable efforts or like the carbon footprint that you're placing out in terms of buying or purchasing those pieces
0: yeah it's a fine, um, balance. Yeah. It's a fine balance yeah
2: yeah it is and i guess for me I think the only way to kind of really do it is more shopping more sustainably. But it's also such an expensive lifestyle to buy from like fashion brands that are sustainable. So, yeah. But I
1: mean, cool. it's always worth it in the long run. Like, your heart's yeah. in the right place. You might be forking out like a little bit of money at a time when you do those shopping trips. But knowing that you're not part of that,
2: um, yeah. I guess, and fast fashion being thing. In yeah. You're not going to throw that piece of that piece
1: out. And it would be good, like, if you don't want to follow the trend, it's a good opportunity, I guess, to build that signature look of yours. Does that make sense? Like, you have that set kind of outfit vibe going and you're not, you know, sticking with the latest trends. It's like when someone sees you, it's like, okay, that's Nancy. Her and (laughs) her fit, her signature fit.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Did you want to um, move on to talk about, like, homelessness? Because that's one thing you wanted to talk about, Nance.
2: Yes. Um, So I think I talked to Era about this a while ago when we – so, like, Era and I would always have, like, those weird conversations at work. I don't know if she's remembered, but, like, we'll just talk about random things.
1: Oh, that that was on the daily. Oh.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I miss that. I feel like I've got my creative juices going on during those conversations. <laughs> yeah. But I also feel like it's very, very motivation. Like, yeah, but it made us like very, very confused with the world or like, whoa, this is the world yeah. we're living in.
1: Yeah, but it's good. It's good when we have those conversations to actually think and not be going through life just, you know, going with the flow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... One of my pastimes that I would usually do, because travelling to (laughs) travelling to work was, um, it took a while. I would be watching um, like SBS on demand, so like documentaries on that. Yeah. And I came across this one documentary called "Filthy Rich and Homeless," which is basically a social experiment of five high-profile Australians that are. Have privileged lifestyles, and they swap their lifestyles for being homeless for ten days. So um, I think they're essentially given uh, fifty dollars at the start, or what like a homeless person would have, and they basically go out in the streets and live around like the homelessness. And that was a massive eye opener, like big one. I I originally had. I guess a stigma or like my own thought process of like homeless people in terms of, Oh, like they're just living off the dole. Like they're, they're just wasting their lives away. They're just, you know, on the streets, just begging for money and stuff. Yeah. There's like so much deeper issues towards that. Like every single homeless person has a story and, it's not that they want to waste their lives. It's like there's so many factors that like work behind that that got them to where they are right then, and there yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Sometimes you know the reason why they're they're on the streets, I guess, homeless can come down to, I guess domestic violence, you know they're trying to flee, and you know sometimes the streets are safer than in their own own homes, which is really sad. You have, yeah. like, the mental mental health issues or just simply not being able to pay your rent.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah. So um, why – so do you think since that documentary that is a reason why you kind of hold this issue close to your heart now
2: or – Yeah, I feel like um, – I don't know if you guys ever had, like, this internal struggle, but – Every time I did see someone that was homeless and they're, like, begging for money or whatnot, I had a friend that once told me, oh, it's better to give them um, something that they can use, like um, food or um, just essentials rather than just giving them money and stuff.
0: Yeah, I've heard better. of that, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they spend it on drugs or they might on cigarettes or something, right? Yeah, like you I mean, don't on, know on... what
2: they'll do with the money. Like, it's yeah. rather, like, you would rather give them something practical. Yeah. But I've always had this, like, internal struggle of, like, what if I give them, like, a sandwich and they don't like... Um,
0: the flavour? Sort of or, like, their lactose intolerance like, or something? Like yeah, them they yeah, just yeah,
2: yeah. look back at me and they, like, swear at me and stuff. Like, it's so random, but that's, like, the internal struggle that I would always have. Like, oh, I want to give a piece of fruit to them, but what if they don't like that fruit and stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Have you guys ever had that struggle
0: with
1: the gym? I have. I'm uh, I mean, yeah, I've definitely had that struggle. Um, I've also heard of friends um, so he went out, you know, in the city and they had leftover pizzas. So his wow. friend, um, yeah, his friend was like, Okay, let's go give it to the homeless. You know, we're not gonna eat it, there's nowhere we're gonna throw it out, you know, heart's in the right place. And then they approach this homeless man and open up the pizza box and they were like, Hey man, like take a piece. We're going to throw this out. We're not going to eat it. And then he's like, what flavor is it? Like, <laughs> do you, is that, is that pineapple on there sort of thing? I mean, yeah. So it was, he was really, he was really shook by that, but I don't know. I guess if you got to eat something, at least enjoy it. Yeah, that <laughs> makes know, sense. So I, I feel for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I had a similar story. Cause I used to work in a pizza shop. Um, and then, yeah, after the shift, they'll sometimes they'll give us pizza. And I remember having some and I just walked past. And again, like I didn't want to eat it. So that I, I had that thought in my head, like, what if I just give this to the homeless person? I don't remember if I did in the end or not. But like it was very specific pizza because I was just like, oh, are they going to be lactose intolerant? Are they going to like this flavor? Like the same thing with like the um, pineapple was just like, what if they hate pineapple? And then what if they're just a nice person? What if they take it and they're just like, oh, thank you so much. But in the end, they just don't even eat it. Like, you know, or what if they throw it in your face like that? So this there's definitely that problem. And it's 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 a struggle because they're they're kind of just in that position that they'll take anything, but it's kind of they can't take anything, you know, what if they do have some like dietary restrictions? So yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. What do you guys think of um, you know, those videos that go around on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram where um, you know, they'll have like the camera, the person recording will have the camera pointed at them, and being like, Hey, today we're gonna Go give all this stuff to the homeless and they make a whole, I guess, show about it being like, look at me. Like, what do you think of those sort of videos? Do you think it's, are they doing it for cloud or do you think they're kind of trying to raise awareness and, you know, encourage other people out there to, I guess, follow in their footsteps recording or not?
2: I feel like it started off as, wow, like that's amazing. But then people started abusing it in a way. I think, like, the more videos you saw, the more you get desensitised by that. You're like, okay, well, that seems fake or, okay, well, they're just trying to do that for clout and stuff. Um, Like, at the end of the day, what they're doing is, like, right and everything, and I don't know. I just feel like there's definitely, like, some other aspects to it of, like, why they're doing it
0: yeah ulterior motive
2: yeah ulterior motive sorry Um, more for personal gain than actually like like actually caring about that homeless person
0: yeah yeah I would agree as well yeah but at the same time like you mentioned they're actually doing it though I feel like even if they're doing it for like the clouts or the view or whatever they're still in the end they're gonna buy the sandwiches they're literally handing it to the homeless person and even if they are pretending deep down which is pretty messed up like they still like show that emotion to that homeless person but um yeah definitely definitely interesting yeah. Well, what are your what are your opinions Ira?
1: Me, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit on the fence as well. I feel like if you're going to do a good deed, definitely you don't need to record it. Just keep that between yourself and you know the person you're interacting with or helping. You don't need to show the world, but again, it is a good way to you know influence if you are a big influencer and um, you have that sort of reach. Why not use that to, I guess, yeah, encourage people to do the same thing. But then, but then there are other videos where they do the whole dramatic, um, yeah, you know, music in the background. They have all these <laughs> weird, tra- they have all these weird transitions. Like they make a whole film out of it. I feel that's when it's a bit over the top. But it's even better, say, like the good videos. I think when they actually link you know, um, resources in the description, ways to help the homeless people, like, not just, okay, I just helped a homeless person, like, watch this, but when they actually, um, I guess, educate people at the same time and give them the tools that other people can use to help, I, I guess that's that's when they approach it, right? When they record it? Yeah. It's just yeah. it's it, it, I think it's easy to... I don't know. trying to make yourself look like a hero and go overboard with the with the video and stuff like that. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Now that now that yeah. I mentioned, like the real
0: heroes are the people like in the in the food trucks, right, or the food banks—is that what it's called? The people who yeah, work yeah, they're,
1: the they're the entr- volunteers. Yeah, yeah,
0: the, and they're all doing it for free as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Just every yeah. night, they'll just hand hand homeless people food, and um,
2: yeah, that's. But I feel like. Like all these, what we're talking about, um, people like feeding them, they're all just quick fixes. Like there's definitely a root problem to homelessness. And, yes, you can give someone a good warm meal for the night, but how about all the other 364 nights that they have to spend or even more than that? Sorry, I just made it (laughs) to you. But all these other nights that like, they aren't able to find that food truck or they aren't able to find that one person that would do a good deed for, to help them out and everything. Like, I just think, oh, like watching up, watching that um, documentary just really made me think, wow, like I just could not think of a solution or like, yeah, there there's so many like help desk or like so many like, organizations that are trying to help these people out but at the end of the day they're still homeless and they're still living on the streets and yes there are organizations that can care for them but they aren't caring for like 100% of all of them Yeah,
1: yeah for sure and I feel like it's um I mean I can't speak but my general view I feel like it's hard for I guess homeless people to get that help or go out of their own way to, I don't know, start fixing up their lives because there's, they probably have so much shame and guilt attached to the fact that they're homeless because people look down on them so often. So it's like, I, they, I assume I'm probably not right, but they probably just feel like they aren't worthy, you know, worthy enough to go and get that help themselves. So like one of the main things I feel we can combat is just, removing the stigma altogether and just i don't know getting society as a whole it's like a, it's re, it's really hard to combat that but getting society as a whole to i don't know um look at them like normal human beings because that's what they are like at the end of the day like they're the same as you and i just in a different circumstance you know yeah because it's so easy for people to walk by i mean i've definitely done it maybe because i'm in a rush or because i just like I'm not going to act like I'm some Mother Teresa, but I've definitely walked past and, you know, tried to ignore it because, oh, not intentionally ignore it, but you know when it's just, like, you just just walk by. It's just so easy to walk by and, like, not.
2: It's how we grew up also, like, our parents. I feel like kind of, like, instilled that in us, like, I don't know, coming from like an Asian background, like your parents always like, oh, don't talk to strangers, or like when you see homeless people, just walk past, like you just don't, you can just ignore them and stuff. Yeah. And we yeah. think, okay, well, since our parents told us that, then it's okay to do it. Um, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, but there, there are some good merits of that. Like some, they could, some of them could be a danger to you. Like some homeless people, they're not all like.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That yeah. makes
0: sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, What do you you guys think about, like, you walk down a street and there's, like, a homeless person or slash beggar, and what about those, like, fake people, you know? Like, in the city, I I remember talking to a friend ages ago where there's actual people who, like, dress up as, like, a homeless person slash beggar, and, like, they literally have, like, an iPhone 11 or whatever on their pocket, and you can actually see it, but they're just, like, they're just there all day just, like, begging for money, but they're actually not homeless, but they get so much money for doing that. Have you guys heard about this?
1: No, but that's disgusting. Yeah. You really haven't heard about this?
2: Wow. No, you can imagine that happens, right? Yeah, I'm not surprised. Though. I mean, yeah. like, with the society we're living in right now, God knows what can happen. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But that's pretty funny. Like, you, you yeah. see them, and they just literally have like an iPhone 11 in their pocket, and they're just still begging. But again, like, I could be judging, they might, they might generally be homeless, but I'm very sure that there's some people out there doing that type of stuff simply because like the city has so much like foot traffic. And then if you really think about it, if, like, one in 100 people give you even just a dollar, you'll be, there's a lot of money there because there's a lot of people. But, yeah. And then then also they're taken away from other homeless people who actually beg, who actually need the money. And then, yeah. So, yeah. It it got pretty depressing back, like, what we're talking about now. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think what we can do as people, just like how I've, I don't know, kind of admitted that sometimes I will simply just walk by, not because I look down on them, but it does become easy because you see it everywhere, which is a bad thing, if that makes sense. Like, I feel horrible for saying this, but I guess um, becoming aware of that attitude and trying to fix that. Yeah. That makes sense. So, Nancy, what do you usually do if you see a homeless person? Is it 100% of the time that you go out of your way to buy them a sandwich or – buy them something that they will use or, or what's your approach every time?
2: Um well it's been a while since I watched that documentary. It only came back up when um a new series came out, I guess yeah. recently. But when and also like I I hate myself for this, but it was I was only more conscious of my efforts after I watched that. And yeah. I feel like it stayed with me for like maybe a month or so, and then I went back into my old patterns. Yeah. Um, but I I would make more of an effort to, like, okay, well, I want to help them out and stuff. So if I had food in my bow and stuff and I knew I wasn't going to eat it, I did give it away and stuff. Um, yeah. There was this one time where I, just, I find this, like, pretty yeah. illegal and, like, it was just it was it was weird I, I didn't really like the position I was in but um I don't know if you guys ever had experienced this but I was on a train once and um this lady would stand at the start of like the carriage and stuff and then she'll start speaking about her story and stuff and like I think she'll take a couple of minutes saying like all the struggles that she's been through and stuff I'm like you really like wow like That hits the string and stuff. But, like, is that right to do that to people? Like, um, make them hear your story on, like, a public transport and after that, like, asking for money and going around to, like, everyone going, oh, can you please give me a bit of money? Can you please give me a bit of money? Like, oh, I don't know. It's just you really feel for them, then you're like, like, they know it's illegal to do that and, like...
0: It's illegal to do that, did you say?
2: Yeah, it's oh, illegal it? to beg on... Um, I'm pretty sure on...
0: Public like, transport. Public oh, transport okay. and stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Was she, like, really genuine, like, do you think, in your opinion?
2: Oh, like, she was She was very desperate. She was like, yeah. oh, I really have, like, nowhere to stay. Like, you can even fact-check my story um, by calling, like, this homeless shelter or something um and then she was saying like how she was currently in tape right now and she's like you can even call up TAFE and ask them if i'm a student there and stuff like i just felt very very bad for her and then yeah oh i remember her going up to like these guys that were like in business suits and everything like expecting that they'll give her money and stuff and they're like oh no sorry we only have a card right, <laughs> that's
0: true yeah yeah wow yeah but you should have yeah. bought like an f plus machine that's, that's kind of a, a bad light in joking
2: um i did eventually give her some money
0: oh nice was she really grateful was she like thank you thank
2: you yeah she was very grateful
0: but
2: i don't know why i just didn't feel good giving it to her like
0: yeah it's kind of like it's forced that's why i think that's what
2: yeah it was very forced and she was always like oh you can fact check my story and stuff like
0: which made it more sketchy right more shady yeah
2: and i was like oh like, like also like what ira said like they just feel so embarrassed to, like, speak yeah. about your story. Like, why would you do that in front of a bunch of strangers? Yeah. I
0: don't
2: terrible. know. Maybe, like, you're put into that position. Like, there's no other hope for you except for, like, really telling a story and, like, hoping that um that one person would do a good deed and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. Good story.
0: Good story. Yeah, that's, def- that's happened to me. I, I've seen that happen before. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know it was illegal, though, but... Not to say if it is or not. I'm sure it is legal. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's,
2: it's, it's, like that, but I
0: think it is. Yeah. Either way, like, you're right. It's a really weird um, predicament for both people, for the person asking for the money and the person, like, sitting there as, like, the audience. Um, yeah, it puts people at unease. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah. Derek, do you think after this, you know, podcast topic, will you do anything different when you're out and, you know, see a homeless person or, you know, consider volunteering at a at a what is it a soup kitchen do we yeah. call that a soup kitchen here yeah
0: yeah soup kitchen yeah um
1: yeah
0: yeah to be honest i don't know like like because there's a the thing where like you mentioned it nancy where you watched the documentary and like right now we're talking about homeless people so then it's stuck in your mind so then when you walk outside it's almost like this we used to work in that company super dry and then once we go out in the street we literally start to see super dry everywhere where before We didn't see it so almost like i know right now like it's gonna be back in my head but um i'm not sure i don't know like i i thought about doing that like volunteering thing but in the end you know it's just all talk like am i actually gonna do it but um apparently like it's a good it again i don't know but like when you give back apparently like you receive if that makes sense like like you don't know what you have until you give it and once you give something like it's like that joy you know the the true joy is giving because once you give it makes you feel happy, and it makes the other person feel happy. So I do believe in that. Um, in terms of like giving, I'll I'll try, but I'm I'm not I'm not I can't make any guarantees, to be honest. Yeah.
2: How about you, Ira?
1: Me, yeah. Yeah, I definitely. I don't know. Um, I've always. That's a hard one because I've definitely considered volunteering, and I also uh, what's it called? Emailed. Um, uh, not a homeless shelter, but where you can, you know, give out food and stuff. I emailed them and they never got back to me. So <laughs> wow. I don't know. I- I'm going to try that again, but definitely I've always wanted to help out the homeless. Cause I feel I've always wanted to, as in like the soup kitchens and stuff like that. But when it comes to on the street, I don't, uh, I don't want to play into that stigma, but also I'm just, if I'm going to be honest, sometimes I'm a bit scared. I'm a bit nervous, yeah, just how course, you mentioned before, you know. Um, obviously, not everyone that's homeless abuses drugs and not everyone is going to um, act in that way that the stigma has attached to them. But um, I don't know if, Yeah that's that's the only thing that makes me a bit reluctant but I feel I'm definitely keen to help the homeless if I'm in some sort of safe environment to be able to do so just you know with an organization or a actual volunteer group like I'd be happy to do that but as for on the street I yeah just I'm I'm not too sure well, yeah. I don't want to sound, I, like, does that sound cruel? I feel like that no, sounds not really. cruel.
0: It's for your yeah. safety. It's, it's, it's yeah. like the way where, like, you bend over backwards for someone, but then in the end they can just, like, eat you up or whatever, like, metaphorically, yeah. like, take advantage yeah. of you. Yeah. You yeah. should come first. Yeah. And that makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Like, it's, it's it's very scary out there, you know, at night time. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Exactly. And I just, yeah, and I just don't want to be playing into that, um, yeah, that stigma that the homeless people have. Yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah. I just, yeah, I just can't help but to have that sort of reluctance.
2: Yeah. I feel like the stigma stigma that, like, we all have, it comes down yeah. to, like, educating ourselves or having the willingness to be like, okay, there's definitely a problem here. Like, what can I do in order to make myself break out of that stigma or make myself be more aware of, be more educated of, like, um, why they are there in the first place and stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I'll do other things, such as um, you know, donate my clothes to to the good old Vinny's Saint yeah. Vincent de Paul's, or yeah, do little things like that. But never actually face to face sort of interactions by myself. Because usually when I'm out, I'm always kind of by myself. I hang out and stuff.
2: So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, that's that's uh that's my tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yes, I do recommend you guys watching that documentary.
0: Yeah, I will. So there's two seasons, did you say?
2: Um there's three seasons. Three
0: seasons. And yeah. like ten episodes per season? Like like that. Like is that how it works? Um like it's episodes, right? Per season. Yeah, it's episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. They have yeah.
2: like five sort of I think five.
0: Yeah, I might check it out, yeah. Wait, is there an actual, actual celebrity that does it? or like? Yeah, yeah. so
2: oh, wow. um, the season that I watched, um, Ali Simpson was part of it. Uh,
0: okay. I don't know who that is. No, my bad. There's so many celebrities out just,
1: there. Is that Jessica Simpson's sister?
2: No, Cody Simpson. Oh. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Wait, and, and is this in Australia only? Cause, or is it everywhere?
2: Um like the one that I'm watching is an Australian TV oh, show, but I'm pretty sure there might have been spin-offs. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. other regions. But yeah, um, I guess the the new season that came out, they're following a emergency doctor and a businessman, Andrew Rochford, um, a Lord Mayor, a deputy Lord Mayor of Melbourne, Aaron Wood and a entrepreneur, Pauline Newman and a comedian. <laughs> a comedian. Yeah. yeah. An actress and a model, Ellie Goldstein, slaves or something. Cool. Um, but yeah, very cool. interesting. Awesome.
0: Uh, what What's the name of the show?
2: Feel free, rich, and homeless.
0: Cool. Cool. All right, sweet. And then on that note, um, did anyone else have anything else to say? Any last words? Because we're about to wrap up.
1: Um, thank you for having us yeah um i mean oh, thanks, thanks
0: for being <laughs> on <God, Nancy. laughs>
1: thanks for having oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 jesus christ <laughs> did you want to
0: oh, say no, any
2: no. last words did you man? did you want to plug anything yeah. nancy um <laughs> <laughs> um no not really but i just went i hopefully like from listening to this podcast like it might have made you more aware of um i guess the things that you do everyday lives or the clothes that you wear um the interactions you have in public and stuff and yeah maybe you might be more interested to i guess educate yourself yeah awesome sweet
1: amazing all right well thanks for tuning in guys to another episode of Relator board we outie
2: bye see
0: you next week Bye.